Hey everyone, welcome back to Brands the Podcast. I'm Jeremiah, and with me is Eric, the founder and CEO of Lemon Pie. And we're here to do another episode together. And this time we're going to talk about um, different types of podcasts that your company can run. So I want to say up front that the goal here, as Eric and I talk, is to help you think through creatively all the ways you can get started with audio at your company. What we have seen happen a lot, sometimes in the B2C space, but especially in the B2B place, is that there's really like one way people think about podcasting. Because a lot of us have our favorite shows, we listen, and those are long form interview shows, right? So whether you're a Joe Rogan fan or you listen to your favorite founder, interview other founders, or, you know, there's all kinds of business interview podcasts. And what we find is a lot of these a lot of companies, you might be at one where you want to get started with audio, you know you want to get into podcasting, but you're the only thing you can think through is long-form interview. And either it's like that's going to take a lot of time or you've evaluated other shows in your industry and you're up against 10 other shows that are doing the same thing. So the question is how, you know, how can you stand out and what other shows can you do? And this is a really crucial thing to think about strategically because actually really at the end of the day, there's a lot of options for you. And you need to remember that your goal is to provide value to your listeners. You know, the main ROI of a podcast, we've said this many times, is to is to build trust in your brand and to show off your expertise and to raise awareness of your brand. So as you're building trust, as you're raising awareness, as you're prompting consideration, what you need first and foremost is their attention. So that doesn't need to be a 45 minute interview. And that's the key of what we're going to try and communicate here is it doesn't need to be another me too interview podcast for many companies that works great. But if you feel like your industry is saturated or you want to do something different, it would be better for someone listening to a five minute a day show or a 10 minute a week episode that's really creative and different than to have you be number 20 of 21 other podcasts in your industry that are all interview format and, you know, not be doing anything different or not getting anyone to pay attention to you. So just remember that trust that you're trying to build is the free, generous help that you give. It's not a set number of minutes. So in this episode, we're going to talk, you know, I'm going to be talking with Eric and we're going to break down how you can think through this. So Eric, welcome. And anything to add to that introduction that I said? No, I'm excited because as right now, it's open waters, honestly, for a lot of categories in, in the podcast space for for interview shows, frankly, to be created still. But like there are a ton of categories where that's actually not the case. Like it is quite competitive. And it doesn't mean that just because there's other competitors out there that you can't create an interview show. We've talked about the value of creating a interview style podcast, regardless of how many others are in your space at, at the same time. And we can talk more about that now, or we can reference some of the prior episodes that we did with that. There's value inherent in that creating content, bringing on potential prospects as guests, using it to create sales collateral, all the various things that we've talked about. But we wanted to use this episode to take it a a layer deeper. You know, how can we stand out from an awareness and attention standpoint that is greater than quote unquote, another me too, you know, interview style podcast. So yeah, we can dive into that here. Yeah. And just to echo what Eric was saying, which is a really good caveat, go back. If if you have questions about ROI like that, go back and listen to our episode on ROI. It's probably the most in-depth 
thing we've done thinking about how to how to get a return on investment from your podcast but you know what he said is essentially true so the focus that that I'm taking here with this is saying you know I mean to Eric's point if you have 5000 unique website visitors and you're able to tell them about your show and just your existing audience listens and your podcast informs your social media strategy or the content that you're putting out or it helps your increase your close rate because people that come and, and are prospects who check you out are able to to learn more from you in the show. They build trust in you or in your brand from the show. Then they close with you, which we've seen happen. That's all good ROI. That's going to happen regardless of what the industry looks like. But but there are a lot of brands you know, that we hear about that are looking to be creative and just to do something different. Or they're asking, hey, what else can I do? Like, I know about this one. I know about this type, but what else can I do? So Let's start off with this. I think that, Eric, I'll lay out a model and a framework for how we kind of think through this and then add to anything that I'm sort of missing here. So you can think about setting the framework for your podcast in in four steps. The first one is to identify your audience. The second one is, so know who your audience is. Who are you talking to? And that's the point that Chris Walker, who we had on the show, was saying, like, if your show's not working meaning people aren't really enjoying it or engaging with it, one of the problems might be your marketers or your founders don't really know your audience that well and they don't want to know what they want to listen to or what would help them. So step one is to identify your audience, know who they are. Step two, learn what pains they have. Learn what help they want. Learn what would make them better at their job. Learn what would entertain them. Put yourself in their shoes. Send them a survey. Ask them. Ask them what are their shows they listen to. And then deliver that in audio form better than anyone and more generously than anyone. And then finally, find out where they're paying attention and go let them know about your show. So that's a really simplistic way of breaking down, you know, starting and, and launching a podcast. But the point that, that I'm trying to get at here and that Eric can expound on is, you know, the goal here is to say, the goal here is to be as helpful as possible. And so what you're trying to do is say, how can we add value? And you start there rather than saying, we're going to start being boxed in by a 45-minute interview format. And then we're trying to figure out, reverse engineer how to make this format work for our audience. Because the truth is, your audience may better enjoy a quick weekly 10-minute episode. And I think the fear, I mean, Eric, tell me if you think this is true. I think the fear in some brands that I see is, well, then they're only listening to us for 10 minutes. And my emphasis from a marketing perspective is like, yeah, but if you're a consistent go-to, if you're in one of the lineups of their of their regular shows, the point is that you're constantly getting your brand in front of them and adding value to their lives, which is going to build trust. It's not the fact that you've got this 45-minute episode, namely, it's are you delivering value to them and are you helping them? Yeah, there's a few things in there. One is being top of mind. So as more and more shows are getting created now, more shows are getting created every single month than any preceding month ever before in history. So it, we're now in August. July, I believe 125,000 new podcasts were created. June, 100,000 podcasts were created. May, it was like 90. So every month, more and more are getting created. Again, it's becoming more competitive. At the same time, more and more listeners are getting plugged in and they're getting hooked and they're getting they're getting into the podcast medium as one of their favorite ways to consume content. So the, the supply side and the demand side are both growing at the same time. But at, at, to the whole point of what you've been discussing thus far is like, how do you get to be in the top five rotation? 
of the ideal customer, the ideal audience that you want to be top of mind with. And if there are 20, 200, or 2,000 other shows that are looking to attract that same listenership, then you have to do something different. I mean, like if you want, if you want to use the podcast to build listenership, if you want to use it for the other things that we described, then that's perfectly fine. You're not worried about listenership. That's perfectly fine. But if you want to become top of mind and, you know, ideally become in the top five, top 10 rotation of, of podcasts that your ideal audience is listening to, then these are some of the creative ways that you can go about solving it. And the framework that you just laid out, I think is great. I think, I think the hardest part is identifying the audience because a lot of companies might have different verticals, you know, so they may, they have a solution and then they have different verticals that that solution can be applied to. So how narrow do you want to take the show versus how broad? Would that be like a SaaS company or something? Like what's a good example of that? Exactly. So let's say you have a SaaS safety product that helps manufacturers or anybody who has a, a fleet team, you know, people out on the road or people operating heavy machinery or like, you know, what have you And your SaaS product helps them stay safe basically mm. while they're using this machinery or get feedback or data on, on it. So there's a, a few different customer personas that you might have there. So a question you got to ask yourself is like, what type of, how narrow are we making this podcast to either address right. one particular segment of our audience or take it broad? If you take it broad, you now have a slightly more enhanced challenge of being the most helpful or entertaining or solving the most pains because it may not apply the same to one vertical compared to the other. And these are all fair questions. And one answer to that could be creating a short podcast series for mm -hmm. every persona, right? Like, mm -hmm. so you could say, okay, we're talking to drivers, to delivery drivers. And so it's going to be one show aimed at things that delivery drivers would find valuable or their companies would find valuable and recommend to their employees. And then you could create another one for healthcare workers or something like that. Mm -hmm. Drift has done this. So if you go to drift.com slash podcasts with an S on the end, you'll see sort of a network of shows under their umbrella. Hmm. They have one for marketing and growth, one for operations, one for CMOs, one for CEOs, and then a few sort of test, just pure top of funnel, broad awareness type shows for entrepreneurship and business in general. And that is their crack at, at least from my assertion, just looking on the outside, we don't know anything about them in particular, of, of verticalizing each podcast to attract each one of their their buyer personas. Hmm. And so that is, you know, that's more of a robust like undertaking. You don't have to start there. You could start with one, see how it goes. They actually started with the CEO one. So that's, here's an example okay. of like how to And then they expand it out from there. Yeah. So you start at, you know, the top level. And then you, you sort of get more narrow underneath as you see that that first one, it, it works and you get feedback on it, that it's helpful and you, you see some momentum with it. You could, you could narrow it from there. And that's something that we heard from Chris Walker at Refine Labs in our interview with him. He said, you know, like they run, a, I think a couple different shows as well. And he said, really like do all kinds of formats, all kinds of shows, find out what you get good feedback on. You know, if you've got one that consistently tanks and gets no listens and your existing customers don't want it, like that's okay. 
you know, but try different mediums as you're able to. So I think that that's a good takeaway. I think there's probably a lot of people listening that their companies do serve a wider audience. So just to reiterate this, my point was not that interview shows don't have ROI or you're never going to get listeners if you do one because everyone's doing them. That's not the point. First of all, to Eric's point, you will get listeners because there's lots of people listening to podcasts. Second of all, you can promote it to your audience. Third of all, podcast ROI is much wider than direct sales. Again, go listen to that episode. But yeah, the point here is my point in exploring this is to say with these types of shows, like what is best for them may not be this long form thing, right? So just don't box yourself in. So a good example, I think, is brands that podcast. Like Eric, you and I have talked about, I've said to you, like one thing we started doing with the newsletter is saying, hey, you know what? Like it's kind of arrogant of us or presumptuous of us to assume that everyone, you know, that here we are trying to share our best advice on growing your brand through podcasting. But what if you know, we know we're not going to be the only show in a, in a CMO or VP of marketing's rotation or a marketing manager's rotation. And we don't really need to be what we really want to be is a brand that is known for offering great advice and helping them. And if we can be the brand that continually provides value to their life, then that's it. Like that's our end goal and things will go well from there. So what we started doing with the newsletter is saying like, Hey, if you don't have time to read this newsletter or listen to our latest episode, here are the top five takeaways that you missed. Like we're going to like, not all of you will be able to devote 45 minutes this week. And if you can't, we don't want you to miss the best nuggets that we could find in it. And we've talked about doing a five minute breakdown of every episode, like a five minute version of our interviews. So like, Hey, we just had Rand Fishkin on from Spark Toro. And you might have wanted to listen to that, but you're not commuting anymore. COVID's here. You've got five minutes while you're running to the grocery store can we present the five minute takeaways? And that's something we're, we're considering exploring because we might launch that and find that like, hey, those get as many listens as our long form ones do. And the point of, of this interview is to say, like, does it really matter? You know, would, if they listen to us for 45 minutes, great. That means we're providing value for 45 minutes. But if if they're busy and if we provide them a five minute episode option, the point is that we're still the brand giving them value, whether it's five minutes or 45 minutes. And you know, for a lot of you listening out there who have a show, there's a lot of ways you might be able to offer a shortened version of your show really, really easily. So that's just one thing I wanted to add there. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just, I think the the historical style is what people lean towards because that has that's what's been known, you know, mostly, which is 30 to 60 minute interviews. You drop it once per week and that's it. But because that's really how podcasting started, you know, and that's like really what most podcasters have done to this point, because it is harder to execute more robust production styles. But now there are so many different ways to chop, like to have different formats and segments and different things that may not necessarily be overly cumbersome to produce, but just could give you a unique angle on your approach. Like I talked to a company, I'm not going to mention them because, you know, I don't, I don't have permission to really, I haven't gotten the green light or anything, but like they work with all, they work with marketers, they work with salespeople and they work with CEOs up. They're creating two podcasts. One of them, um, they also work with, uh, security officers. They're creating one, an interview style show around security officers. So to create content that would be appealing for other security officers to listen to repurpose it, you know, the standard kind of playbook that we've talked about before. Another show they're creating is breaking down 
on the podcast really good or really bad cold emails. Oh, wow. That's it. Like that, that's, that's the really entirety. Clever. And I want to listen to that, you know, yeah. as I like we've done, we, I've built this business primarily from cold outbound emails. We're now transitioning with your help and us working together to like doing a lot of marketing efforts. But like, I would never, you know, for the most part, I would not have listened to like another interview style podcast for CEOs or entrepreneurs or whatever, but that's a very laser focused, valuable yeah. thing that I would take a lot of interest in listening to. So that's just an example of what we're talking about here. 100%. And actually that is a, I couldn't have written it better. That's a perfect segue <laughs> into the next section, which is, I want to highlight a couple points here before we get into talking through some examples. So, you know, related to what Eric just said, the first point to say is it does not need to be a topic that your ideal audience, I should say it only needs to be a topic that your ideal audience is interested in. It doesn't need to be directly related to what you do, right? So let's say you have a SaaS product for founders or, or for HR professionals or whatever, right? That doesn't mean your podcast needs to be interviews with other HR professionals. Like it can be something, it can just be a helpful piece of advice or a weekly show centered around one aspect of an HR manager's week. It can be that simple, right? So we'll get into some examples of that, but that's a great one of what you just said. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be just because your company sells XYZ software, XYZ widgets, doesn't mean you need to call your show XYZ show, right? You can, that's part of doing this is saying, Hey, what's, you know, what would help our audience grow in their careers? What would make them better at what they do? What would make their lives easier? What would entertain them? You know, whatever it may be. So it really only needs to be a topic your ideal audience is interested in. And I'll, I'll mention one other thing. Yeah, right yeah go for it. So from a high level perspective on like identifying what type of show to create for your audience, there's, there's a few ways to go about it and we'll discuss some specifics, but from a from broad, like zooming out perspective, do you want to talk about your expertise or do you want to talk about the problems, challenges, ideas, concepts that your audience has? And it that it's going to be very dependent on what your offer is and who your customer is. Sometimes those things can be more aligned. If you're a marketing solution selling to marketers, well, obviously you should talk about marketing like somehow and maybe create a unique spin on that. But, you know, for us, we, we're a podcast company and we talk to marketers and CEOs and people ops um, and internal communications and things like that. We could have went and created a show that was like the CMO podcast. But what we decided to do was we wanted to be known for being helpful for marketers and CEOs and people who are looking to do podcasting and or have heard about it thought about it and we come across their world and when they're ready they know that they can come to us and do a deep dive into our content from there so that i just wanted to delineate too like your expertise versus like your audience and having that lens to think through it i don't think there is one you should only do this or the other it really is dependent on your offer and and your audience but that is something to to consider because if you create a show that is revolving around the thing that you can teach and the thing that you're most knowledgeable in, but your end customer would never want to listen to that podcast because they just don't, it's just not something that they would have in their rotation ever, then you're kind of at odds with the strategy right yeah. there. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And 
you know, going back to the example of what they're doing with the the cold email breakdown, like of good ones and bad ones, right? That's something a lot of people do. Even if you're not doing it for marketing or sales purposes, a lot of times you're just reaching out to someone. And I mean, some of the most popular tweets we're seeing, you know, on, on Twitter right now are around like tips on sending a good email, you know, like a, it being short and sweet and what it contains and what it doesn't contain. So yeah, to Eric's point, I mean, that's such a good, such a good takeaway to, to think about it. I like that high level breakdown to say like, do you want to share our expertise? Cause that's to put it in a, say it a different way that may be helpful to some, some people is if your company specializes in selling a, you know, a certain service, or if your software does a certain thing, you could give out free advice centered around that thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's like what you're saying. So that's what we typically think of doing with blogs. We're like, Oh, like let's use, you know, that's how companies have always thought about like, let's use our blogs or, you know, newsletters to give some of our, some of our best tips. That's an example of doing that versus saying, Hey, you know, our ideal audience, 80% of them struggle with blank. Let's make a show around how to deal with that. And it may have, it really may have nothing to do with that. So a good example of this that I thought of, we can talk through a couple examples here is so there's a company that, that I've learned about. They do high risk insurance. They're a high risk insurance broker. I think they might be the biggest in the nation. They're, They're big, a lot of revenue every year. And basically their target audience are insurance professionals at banks at other insurance brokerages who come to them when they need like, Hey, we need coverage for this high risk thing. Right? So their market's not like the end consumer. Their market's the people that have to choose a high risk broker. They've got to go through them. Right? So a couple examples of that would be, um, in, in the insurance industry, I have learned, I've got a friend in the industry and I've learned that there's like a paid publication that just puts out like the best news, like most industry related news. So if you're in the insurance game, I guess like you want to be up on which company's doing what and who's moving where and and whatever. You could essentially become the free audio version of that, right? So like, this is something, if you you track with any of like Gary Vee's stuff, he always talks about you're a content publication first and then you sell what you sell. So you're like a media company first and then you're, you're, you're what you do. So this is an idea of like, you could become the industry news in your topic. Like an insurance company, this insurance company could basically launch a podcast that gives, you know, all the industry news and happenings in 15 minutes, do it as good or better than the paid ones that are out there. And then all of a sudden, all these insurance ears are listening to them, right? Has nothing to do with like high risk or anything. It's like not free, anything like that. The other way they could take it is they could give career growth advice. So like, what they could do is create a show solely centered around if you're an insurance professional and you want to rise up the ranks, here's interviews with HR directors, hiring managers, you know, CEOs at big companies, what they look for, how to rise up the corporate ranks and become better at your job, right? So that, again, nothing to do with high risk. The purpose is solely to say, hey, the people who we want to be talking to are insurance professionals at these levels. What are things that, would, that they would enjoy that would help them? And it, like, again, it could be this news thing. It could be whatever. So that's just one example. Eric, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. We can talk about different examples, but that was just one I wanted to kick us off with. Yeah, real quick. I love, I love that one. We should find an insurance company to help execute <laughs> on that because that's a really good one. What I love about it is that the content itself is essentially created for you. So with your news publication example, you don't have to sit down every week, 52 weeks, 
per year, every day, 365, and figure out what to talk about, how to express it, how to position it. The news cycle is just happening. Like, and if people, and if you've identified that there's big news publications that are followed by people in the industry, so the interest is already there. Nobody's applied it to an audio format. And you take that news that's just already happening that people are paying attention to, and you put your own spin on it, your own layers of expertise, because it is important to not just be like a regurgitation sure. of, you know, what is happening. And there's no brand voice. There's no thought leadership right. being built. Right. But you just take that and you you say, okay, here's what happened. Here's what we think about it. And then every week, you know, you're going to have content to be able to riff on. Like, I love I love that. And then the, yeah, the career growth advice, like is another way for you to, to have an angle on it that can be created perpetually. I mean, it's just endless amount. I mean, there's entire shows that have been going for five plus years dedicated to like how people can level up in their career. So you take a micro segment here for insurance brokers and then you are, you're helping them. So like you're in that thought leadership position as well. So yeah, I, I like both of those. And the premise being right, like, let's just put, let's just make this as practical as possible. At the end of the day, in, in this example, from what I've learned to get about this company, again, it's, it's a, it's an obscure, but specific example for a reason. We're trying to make this like really practical. So with this, it's these insurance professionals that are specking which high risk insurance broker they want to send business to. Right. So at the end of the day, they make the decision. So it's going to be the broker like that they trust that they have worked with before that gives back to them. And so all it really is, it's not about in that case, it's like, it's not about flexing all this, you know, example or educating them on high risk insurance. That's your job, you know, as a broker, like that's why they come to you. The main thing is to say like, Hey, we want to be in your ear every week so mm -hmm. that when there comes a need for it, we're top of mind. We're, we're the ones you're thinking of. And then these people you know, go to other banks, they go work at other banks, they go work at other places. And then they start, they're like, well, I've used this broker before and they spec you there. So, so that's really like the point is to, is to just be, you know, to be top of mind and to be the brand that is known for, for bringing value to them. Another example of this would be, let's say you're in IT services. So that's a pretty, you know, pretty saturated, but important industry, especially like with security services and stuff like that, auditing security services. So let's say you're an IT firm and you're serving companies of 500 plus employees, you know, all across the nation, you could give a daily tech tip every day for five minutes, right? Technically you could take this then and also apply it to like Alexa skills. You could like wired into like an Alexa skill every day that people could say, Hey, give me a tech tip today, whatever. I mean, you could do other stuff with it, but you could make it a daily quick little tip that all the employees can at that. And then what you do is you say like, Hey, you know, clients send this out to all your employees. They're going to get a daily maybe it's a daily security tip and you say, we provide free security training to your employees on how not to open viruses or, you know, do silly things every day. We're going to send a little tip as a reminder, feel free to have them subscribe here. Again, there's more brand awareness. There's more brand trust. You're giving out free advice. You're helping them. You're providing value to them. It could be a 15 minute story every week, you know, done sort of in these like Maybe it's done with the production quality of some of these like crime podcasts, right? So it's it's a more interesting listen. It's well-produced and it's a breakdown of a company that got their security compromised or got hacked and how they solved it or how they could, a teardown of how they could have prevented it. And maybe that's only job. Like then you can send that out to all prospects or people that visit your site and say, 
here's 25 stories of companies like yours that could have prevented $10 million in damage, like whatever it may be. So again, just a couple more, trying to just throw out ideas here of things that you can do that aren't directly related to like, you know, to your industry. Yeah. On that one, I think it's also important to note that ideally, and in these cases, you can come up with a, a framework for the show such that you don't create eight episodes and you stop because Mm -hmm. we see like, I mean, you could, you could create like a 10 or 15 episode series and like get as much awareness as possible for that series and have that be an evergreen piece of content. But we do think like ultimately the, the, the highest value of this is what you mentioned being top of mind every single week. And so like, they may consume the series and like always remember it because it was so impactful, but eventually like over time that, that mind share like is, is naturally going to diminish probably mm-hmm. a little bit. The other thing is whoever's hosting this, I think is really important too. It doesn't have to be, but I think it is ideal if it could be one of the top subject matter experts at the company. So mm-hmm. whether that's the CEO whether if it's in IT services, like it's the CIO for your company or the chief privacy officer, or like in this case, you know, um, chief data officer, like any anything like that to where they can build up their own profiles using this podcast on other mediums as well. So you take this podcast and you build up the listenership in the audio feed on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere else but you also repurpose it and they now have content that they've created every week or every day that they can put on LinkedIn, they can put on Twitter, they can put everywhere else and build up their own personal profiles to ultimately help generate awareness for your company on the, instead of just dropping a link to the podcast, yep. Yep. you actually take like the five minute video of them talking the episode out and just put that natively onto LinkedIn. And maybe you don't even link to the podcast, like you could, but the the value is in actually creating content for that for that medium. Yeah. So no, great. Just want to mention that. Absolutely great thoughts. The last example we'll give here, we'll switch it up from sort of technology and services over to something more tangible. So I've been a longtime fan of Huckberry. They are essentially a clothing e-commerce store, but they, you know, the they were founded by two guys that uh, were weekend warriors. They're like, they loved getting outdoors in the weekend and wanted to aggregate sort of like the best clothing and gear in one spot and, you know, and create it into a store where they're introducing you to new brands and things like that. They've been very, very successful with their newsletter and with their articles on their website. So they're big into written as a medium. So to my knowledge, I mean, at least at the time of the recording of this podcast, they don't have their own show, right? So like another example of this would be So a few ways that they could take it, and I mean, uh, there's endless here, right? But one way they could do it is creating adventure stories where they take, you know, maybe they identify 100 people or 50 people or 25 people, you know, maybe highly interesting or highly followed people on Instagram or like professional surfers or like mountain climbers or whatever. And they're going to like take the mic out with them on the trail or out with them at the beach. And they're going to interview them on how they got into it, how they got into their craft, how they look at life through this. And, you know, what's their favorite clothing right now? What's their favorite gear right now as a professional surfer? Like what, like GQ does those things right on YouTube. Like what are 10 things you can't live without? So they could do that with these adventurers and sort of the people that are brand ambassadors for them. 
They could also do a five minute clothing review in audio form, right? So, I mean, customers of them are buying from them because the clothing is, it's not cheap, but it's high quality. They're looking for certain attributes in it. So they could give a breakdown on why, you know, Huckberry, why did they accept this brand? You know, why are they featuring Taylor Stitch's latest, you know, jacket? What do they love about it? What don't they? And they could teach their audience how to like review and think about the craft of clothing. And then they could also do a show where they, you know, maybe it's stories of how to break out of the nine to five as weekend warriors. They, they fostered a lot of culture around how to make the most of three day weekends, you know, and get outside more and go do things that you love outside the office. So they could create a show centered around the idea of breaking out of the nine to five and how to go adventuring. And, you know, maybe it's called the three day weekend or something like that. Right. So there's all these different ways that they could do it. I don't know if you have any extra, you're smiling, yeah. so maybe you've got some ideas yeah, here yeah. too. No, I love this. There's so many different angles to go with this. Like what I would look at with an e-commerce brand like this and Huckberry's built up like a great following and has its own differentiators. Like what is the differentiator? And a lot of what you're describing is like the lifestyle for a lot of e-commerce brands. It is the lifestyle that they are reinforcing for Huckberry. It's like adventure. It sounds like, and like, I don't know the brand as well as you do, but getting, getting out there and living a meaningful life, like on your own terms. And so what you, what you described are like, great. The other one is like, if your differentiator as an e-commerce brand is like your process for creating clothing in a environmentally friendly way with the best material, with the best employees getting paid fairly, like your entire, your entire logistical chain of operations is just like absolutely executed at a A plus level. Why don't you create an episode or a series around the life of a piece of clothing getting made at Huckberry? Oh, wow. And yeah, like not so that may not be the most interesting from a top of funnel, like broad awareness. Like, hey, I've never heard of Huckberry. I'm looking through podcasts on my podcast player and I find like the life of a piece of clothing. Like I actually would be kind of intrigued by that. I might check that out, but even more valuable would be on customers who come in from other channels. They abandon their cart. They, or they buy once they haven't bought again in six months, that one piece of content or one series or ongoing piece, every new line you, you create, maybe you create an episode around that, like what it was like creating this new, like the, the soul behind this, this new line that you have, I think that that would bring back customers who have either showed intent to purchase, but never did or purchased once. And you want to actually evangelize them a little bit more and build up that advocacy a little bit more and give them the behind the scenes of like why your brand is doing things differently. And, and the entire process of that, showing them inside the curtains of that. Cause like, just as a consumer, I've never created any piece of clothing in my life. Like I have no idea what that process is, but I know there's a lot of marketing speak about it. Like we do this, we do this. I yep. would love to hear the entire story of that. Yeah. Well, and to your point, that kind of a thing is going to be, okay, so let's go, let's go through that, that example, right? So if I'm looking for an ethically made high quality piece of clothing, that's going to last five to seven years, or in some cases, some of the clothing they're selling there is meant to be like handed down to your kids. Right. So they really are trying to bring back the craft of now I abandoned my cart. Right. And then just $500 in my cart for two items. That's a, those are high price tag items. Right. If that's the follow-up I get, if, if the standard email, instead of being, Hey, you forgot your items. Like I know where they are. Like I know where I abandoned. Right. I left for a reason. 
I have a thing against those those abandoned cart emails. Like, of course, I know where to find you. I left for a reason, right? <laughs> there was either I'm objecting to price, I'm having second thoughts, I'm not sure if this is. So if to Eric's point, like your email to me is, hey, we saw you left your cart, like take time to think things over, we'll hold them for you. By the way, in the meantime, here is an episode breaking down how our clothes get made from beginning to end and why they're the best in the industry. All of a sudden, I'm rethinking about that $500 purchase of like, well, it's not just like for two, you know, for two pieces of clothing. That's extreme. Three or four pieces of clothing. All of a sudden, this is an investment. Like these are, wow, these are really well made. This is going to last five to seven years, you know? So man, so many ways we could go with this. We've got to, we'll start to wrap up. But I just, um, my hope is in constructing and pulling Eric into this episode is really want to help you just hopefully this just sparks ideas for you. Like it's not meant to be the answer to any, and we don't know what industry you as a listener are coming from or where you're in, but just to prompt ideas out to think outside the box. Other last minute examples, Eric, I'm just going to read them. You can expound on them with any time we have left Mm -hmm. an audio newsletter. This is something you were talking to me about before we queued this episode up. Yeah, I'll do this, do this quickly. So I'm paying a little bit more attention to a few companies and a few CEOs who are starting to execute on this. And I think it could be something that more and more do because it's fairly easy to execute. And I think it builds trust in the brand, unlike any other thing possibly, because you're hearing directly from the CEO. And what this is, is so Privy is doing this, the CEO, um, Ben over there, and then Marketing Brew. The, the actually the email newsletter company that has is a daily newsletter got like 3 million subscribers their ceo alex is doing this as well and it's a daily podcast and it's 5 10 15 minutes and it's one tip or it is just whatever's on their mind that day literally like it's pretty raw pretty stream of consciousness it's not like overly produced or anything like that and i saw something that made me think about this and why this why this I think is such a strong hook and strong appeal is because it inherently isn't that markety. It's just like, what are the inner thoughts of the CEO of the company that I may do business with? Hmm. And think about the ammo that that would give your sales reps and your marketing team to have all of this that they could send to prospects using marketing collateral, you know, pull out for articles, pull out for social content. Cause like you as the CEO, may not be disseminating the thoughts and expertise and lessons and historical ideas that you've created over your entire career to your team to give them that, you know, as air cover, as they're going out to trying to win deals and bring on new customers. So that's just from like giving it to your, to your team as ammo. But this, this idea was generated from like newsletter, the idea of newsletters, which is becoming quite saturated. Like, Inherently, most people believe an email address is the most valuable thing you can have in marketing. We can debate that in another episode. Sure. I'm starting to really go against that belief. But regardless, if email is perceived as that, that means every company is trying to get into your email and most are not doing it that great. They're just, they just have some like newsletter, you know, what's going on at the company or like, here's our latest blog post or like whatever. It's not something people actually want to open, even if they gave you their their email or you bought it or whatever. So would you rather get an email newsletter of like what's going on at the company from SpaceX? Or would you rather listen to Elon Musk for five minutes every single day, talk about what's on his mind? Hmm. Like that sort of like a stream of consciousness thing of like going back to what you said earlier, like take your CMO, take your CEO, take like some of these thought leaders at your brand, these really creative people and let them just kind of talk about what's going on that week. Exactly. And you can put whatever 
whatever sort of frame of content you want on, on that. It could just be whatever's on their mind that day. It could be, you know, they get question prompts from the community and answer them, you know, Q and a style. It could be anything, but I think that the subject matter experts doing short form, consistent daily or weekly episodes, the amount of content that would create for other platforms, plus the amount of trust it would build that your sales team could use with prospects and send it to them. Like, Hey, our CEO actually talked about this very thing for five minutes. Like you want to, you want to listen to him or her? Like, you know, I think that there's so much value to that, Hmm. that the authenticity of your brand, the real brand values and core belief. I've been listening to the marketing brew founder, Alex. It's one of my top five podcasts now. And the amount of brand affinity I have now for marketing brew, I was not a subscriber before this. Hmm. Like I know more about marketing brew than like I would have ever had on any other marketing channel. And you feel like a, you feel a pull toward that brand. Yes. Now. You feel yes. like, you know, that you I know care them. about them. Yeah. I care about them. Yeah. You know, cause I feel like I, I know them and like, I understand their mission and I think that they are authentic and genuine and like good people. You know what I mean? Like all those things that I would have never had. Exactly. And to, to your point, to wrap this point up is that that's what audio lets you do that written doesn't mm-hmm. like you can read them say that, or but you can hear the tone in his voice and it's just different. All right. The last thing I'll just say here before we wrap up the other idea, I'm just going to throw out there and let you look it up as listeners on your own is one of the biggest innovations I've seen in podcasting. People speculate what's going to be next because it's going to keep iterating is I think in light of COVID, Buffer, the social media management tool, and Wistia, the video hosting platform, joined up to do an audio conference, an audio first or audio only conference. So that's really big news. Like this is the idea that like you can listen in live, I think. And Mm -hmm. if you miss it, you can go back and listen to the conference like it's episodes of a podcast. So just think about that. There, there's no reason why your company can't join up with other partner brands in your industry or sister companies or whatever and launch something similar. Like you don't need anyone permission. And now you don't need hundreds of thousands of dollars to rent out of space. You can literally turn on the microphone and launch your own audio first event. And this is a really big deal. There's a lot to explain. Like, that's a whole episode we'll have to save on its own. <laughs> yeah, let's save that. I got a bunch of thoughts on that. Yeah, I can tell. I can see you queuing up. <laughs> okay, well... All right. Thank you for teasing, for listening in. I, I do want to tease something we're looking forward to starting here at Brands the Podcast is actual specific case study episodes of how brands could podcast that are not already. So we're pretty excited about this. We've been talking and thinking about it internally for a while. We're, we're hoping to launch our first one, you know, from the time of this recording within a month or so. And, th- you know, look for these. This is going to be a series that we release on, the, on on this podcast where we'll take a brand that, that you probably know or have interacted with and that's not running audio. And we're going to literally go through in-depth breakdowns of how that brand could specifically podcast and how they could think about ROI and, and all of that stuff. So really excited for those episodes. And if you want to hear a brand get broken down, please email us at hi at lemonpie.fm or hit us up on Twitter. Definitely would love suggestions for that. So that's all I have, Eric. Any other thoughts for this one? No, that's it. We should we should cut it off now or we'll keep going for a couple <laughs> hours. No, but yeah, I thought this was great. And um, yeah, looking forward to doing, selecting our first brand. That'll be a contentious topic. What is the brand that we should choose for that? But It'll be fun. I think everyone will enjoy it. Yeah. Thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to Brands That Podcast. If there's anything that you want to hear us talk about, if there's any way we can make this better, our sole goal, as we preach all the time, 
is to add value to your life, like to make, to help your brand grow through podcasting. So if there's anything you want us to cover or talk about, please let us know. And hopefully this was helpful and we'll see you next week. 